Chris Gazza here with Matt Howell. And this week on The First Run, we dust off our gold coins and get measured for a new bulletproof suit with John Wick 4. Then we really lean into the over 40 white guys with a podcast aspect of the show <laughs> with Liam Seamus Neeson in Marlowe. We give you the physical media, straight to DVD, and streaming picks of the week. Then we wrap the show up with our top five stuff from John Wick. I'm not quite sure what Chris was going for there, but that's what we're doing. It's looking uh, <laughs> It's looking like we're back. So let's get this started with John Wick 4. I got that. I got that reference. You come here thinking there is a way out of this world for you, Mr. Wick. Or is not. The song clip on people. Sacre coeur. Weapons. If you win, the table will honor its word. You will have your freedom. But you won't take it. Blades. Pistols. Dueling pistols. 30 paces. In the event that both parties survive, each will approach the other at increments of 10 paces until only one remains. Like... At some point, would they actually like walk past each other, uh, or they just right next to each other and keep shooting like like nose to nose? I guess the idea is that at ten paces, or do you like circumnavigate the globe and come back around again? I would think that if you're a couple of of the baddest ass killers that are out there, I mean, I guess you can. Once you're within ten feet, like a few feet of each other, I'm sure you can eat each other. I'll have to take your word for it. You have much more experience in the assassination game than I do. Well, I don't know about assassination game, but I have. I did live in the South, though I have been in many a duels with pistols at dawn. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Matt, what is John Wick Chapter 4 all about? Well, uh, our boy John is back. He has survived uh, being shot and falling off a roof. He's been nursed back to health by... Lawrence Fishburne's the king, and he decides that he is going to go and kill everybody at the high table. He's going to fulfill that destiny. Um, after making a couple kills, somebody starts coming after him in the form of the Maquis, and played by one of the Scarsdard kids, the one that plays it. Uh, and is it Billy? Okay, thank you. Um, and um, he basically is given the choice, uh, you know. Do X possibly have a duel, follow the old rules, and maybe he could get out for good. Finally, for the third time or second time, whatever it is, he could <laughs> finally get out. Matt, John Wick returns, one of the most, for me, exciting and engaging action franchises we have going today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me ask you, though, the first film is a lean, mean revenge machine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I feel maybe we've kind of lost that thread here mm-hmm. of what made that first film so successful. So let me ask you, has the franchise lost its sense of purpose? Absolutely not. Um, I think this thing is a an evolution with every entry. And unlike some of our other beloved action franchises, mm-hmm. looking at you, Fast and Furious season, series, um, mm. looking at you... M- End of the first trilogy, Mission Impossible's not great. Whereas this, yes, it is straying further and further away from what it was the first entry was. But man, I am here for it. I am not a fan of movies that are over two hours long. I didn't even notice it. Because this has three, four, five action set pieces that are worth every second that it's on screen and it gives you everything that you could want all right i I need to put a pin in that for a second and we need to backtrack a second Mm -hmm. mission impossible films not as good since the first three no i'm saying that in the first three are not that great it's only until we've gotten to the back end that they've suddenly 
had a huge jump in quality. I never thought those were those first three are middling to kind of boring at best. Okay, all right, good. I must have misheard you then. That's that's that one's on me. So, do you think Mattis is the best in the franchise? Hmm. I don't know. I think I need to watch it again, maybe sit with it with compared to the other ones. But I can tell you, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't think it's lost a step at all. I think technically, and I don't mean like technically like, you know, I'm focusing on just one thing. I mean, the technical filmmaking Mm -hmm. of this one is the best in the franchise. Yeah. I think the fight scenes are more just... I don't know, Matt, just intense, mm-hmm. violent, mm-hmm. relentless. And yeah. I've seen some criticism about that. And I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are, too, that maybe some of them run a little long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say maybe the Arc to Triumph fight may have worn out its welcome a bit for me, mm-hmm. but I guess maybe just barely. I think the novelty of it maybe kind of wears off a little quickly. Uh, but overall, I think I, I tend to agree with you. I would say, too, this is the most, this is the, is this the best experience of a John Wick film? So did I get, so you're not sure. Cause I rewatched all of them in anticipation of yeah. seeing this. Yeah. I did a whole Wickathon there because <laughs> I want to talk about, you know, when we do the John Wick things, which your criticism pains me a bit because this is one of my favorite segments and I wish we did it more often mm. where we just find five things that we love about a subject gotcha. no matter what they are. Sure. And, but I, yeah, I think the set pieces are bigger, but are they too big, Matt? Are the fight scenes extended past potential engagement yeah. limitations? Do they run a little long? I've seen that criticism out there. Yeah, but. I mean, I guess it really depends on who's watching this thing. I would argue that it doesn't. I think whenever you have these long-standing action franchises, you basically have to raise the spectacle, you know, every single time. And I think this franchise is incredibly good at giving you something you haven't seen before. So it still feels like it's novel while you're watching it. Like, and at points in it um, where he is, where they're doing the kind of, you know, what looks like almost like they shoot it like it's one take, but it's all from down. Like you're almost like watching a video game, like a three, you know, like a a top down shooter kind of thing. Yeah. And he's got the dragon, the dragon fire breath shells and the shotgun, that stuff. I was so on board with that. I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I am still flabbergasted that they can still put something together. That's so interesting from an action standpoint. Whereas, you know what? There's only so many ways you can play a lot of gun, 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 foo, excuse me. Um, Mm -hmm. but somehow they still, they still manage to bring it. And I, I, I honestly am starting to question if whether this might be like top three action franchises ever, maybe, maybe even the top, just because I can't think of one that has had this level of quality over four films in a row. Yeah. I was thinking about that myself. I, I was going through them because Fast and Furious, just not terribly good, hit a sweet spot for about two, three films yeah. and has now kind of just crossed the line and over into not just a relevancy, I think, but just they're almost like what cartoon versions of the friend, yeah, of the, uh, the good films. It's it's kind of turned into caricature of itself, basically. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. And Mission Impossible, again, four is the pinnacle of that franchise for me still. Mm-hmm. And then I think five is okay. And then the most recent one, not the one coming up next year, but uh, the most, or is that this year? Is it this year? I think it's this year. And then either way, uh, great. Fallout, I think is great, but I would probably watch John Wick 4 a dozen times before I pop in Fallout again. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, Terminator franchise is basically on life support. Yeah. Uh, I don't, what else is out there that's an action franchise at this point? I mean, think of the action franchises of the past, right? So Rambo, yeah. uh, Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. um, Predator. Uh, I, I'm really hard. Pre- I can't think of another set of, because I, I don't consider, as much as they are about action and fighting, I, superhero films are kind of their own thing. I'm kind of, I'm not including them in this, but yeah, I'm hard pressed to think even in, the action heyday, um, or even stuff like, I mean, would you consider like Dirty Harry or Death Wish? Would those be action franchises? Yeah, I guess so. I I guess so. I, yeah. 
but it, this this had like like raid levels of excitement for me. Mm-hmm. At least reactions in the theater. Yeah. When I'm routinely either laughing from just not something that's overly funny, but just the spectacle of yeah. what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stunt coordination, the choreography of all this stuff. It's 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 a marvel to watch this on the big screen. I was so thankful I got to see this in Dolby. Yeah. Matt, the sound, the picture, everything. It's I can't tell you to see this in anything but the best screening you can find. Yeah. And I think one of the really smart things that they do this time too is go to Japan. Mm. And we have Donnie Yen, Hiroko Sandeman, Scott Atkins, Rina Siriyama, and Shamir Anderson and Bill Skarsgård all bring really interesting uh, just what they've just angles to, to the, to the film. But Donnie Yen, man as his as wick's former friend and now foil here mm-hmm. i mean he keeps the film bopping along too yeah. i mean he's integral to this film and its success and uh, all the plot lines of him and his family and how everything kind of comes together in their past is just i don't know every time yen showed up i was i got giddy like a schoolboy. i was so happy you know, and I kind of, as you're talking through this, I kind of go back to your initial question. Is this the best one in the series? And I, I the, uh, beyond all the, the action spectacle that we've come to expect, this is one of the first ones that actually has as much fun as those previous entries were. And as much as yeah. I love them, this one actually has like a story with stakes. Like there's like a, a definite A to B to C where it's not just John Wick is on a warpath and he's he's gonna get you kind of thing there is like a there is like actual stakes in this that i i don't i think it might be the best story you know it's from a john wick film so far as well so you don't think we've just strayed too far i know one of the big concerns i had in parabellum was i felt that the world building the high Mm -hmm. table all this stuff it was just getting too dense. Mm-hmm. It was too much. Yeah. But you know, we've yeah. been in with it for two movies right now. Um, it doesn't bother me. I kind of like the kind of like the the zero attempt to explain any of it. Like it's just kind of like this is the way it is. I mean, I don't think we've seen a cop in a John Wick movie since the first one. And that was like <laughs> <laughs> like they're having a like 50 people die around the Arc de Triomphe and no cops show up. Like, I, yeah. I, like I, I just like how they're just like, this is the way it is. Don't question it. Just go for it. Just pay attention to, you know, the principles and enjoy the action. And you know what? I'm fine with that at this point. You know what? Same here. And I had a, I had a real issue with it that last film, but I've made peace with it, Matt. I've decided to roll with it and it's called growth. <laughs> and listen, listener, you should look into it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, another thing, too, how sharp does Skarsgård look, man? Yeah. I loved that double tie yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just looks so good. Do you call that a cravat? Is that what that's called? Uh, sure. I have absolutely no idea. And then um, how about your boy Scott Adkins, mm. king of the – I don't want to – I don't know if this is insulting, but king of the martial arts B action films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And he shows up in a role that I did not expect to see him in. But I found him just a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the cast itself? Yeah, I thought they were all, uh, you know, they're all pretty game. I think Donnie Yen is a standout. Um, I, who was the, the um, daughter is apparently a. She's a huge pop star. Yeah, Rina she's Soriyama. a big pop star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought she was pretty game. I thought she worked yep. out pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Hiroki uh, Sonata is is kind of doing his thing that he shows up in every. He's. I the only, I guess if I have one critique, why is it always him? Why is he always the face of the Japanese underworld? I mean, he was in <laughs> he was in Endgame for God's sake with uh with uh. Hawkeye slicing up the Yakuza. That was that was the big fight. Was with that guy. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm here for it for for everybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the whole thing is just it's just a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. No. It, it, it's it's probably where are we? I'm not. Even, what are we even seeing yet? I think this, I think it's easy to say this is my favorite film of the year so far. It's certainly the most fun 
I've had in the theater up to this point. Granted, it's the end of March. I think this posts on April 1st. So, uh, but still, just a quite an experience. Um, what did you feel too? I think that we lean more into another uh, side genre here of the action-adventure grouping, Matt, and that is the Western. Mm. What were your thoughts on that? You being the big Western fan that you are, you are, you have the duel at dawn. Yeah. There's uh, uh, echoes in the music, music score as well by Tyler Bates and Joel Richard of, you know, just that classic kind yeah. of uh, spaghetti Western kind of standoff stuff, so... Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely caught it uh, several times. I mean, the whole, the whole card game um, <clears throat> with the increasing hands, the, the final duel. I mean, granted, it's more of a an Alexander Hamilton Aaron Burr type of duel. It's not yeah. like a you know Clint Eastwood quick draw kind of duel, but you know, it, it still has a lot of the same beats. And I, I was happy to see it you know we got samurai movies in the beginning of it and then it ended with westerns so come full circle man yeah what more can you really ask for at that mm-hmm. point so uh two other things i wanted to talk about briefly uh with john wick and then we can move on is the ending mm. so they had talked a while ago initially they were going to shoot parts four and five back to back and then they kind of balked at that and then they did part four. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think the film ends pretty much on a capper. Like, right. the story is over now. Right. Though, Stilitsky and and uh, Reeves have both said, if the story's there and the people want to see it, they're going to keep making the movies. Yeah. Now, I know they have, is it the, called The Ballerina? Am I right about that? The Anna de Armas side mm-hmm. show, side, mm-hmm. um, what do they call that when they do the... Uh, the uh, franchisey thing where they do the side movie that is yeah. expanding the yeah I, I side. I'm too old to be recording this at ten o'clock <laughs> at night I think is what I'm discovering right now but she's doing her own little version in the John Wick mm-hmm. it takes place between Parabellum and Chapter Four okay and why does Chapter Four have its own little cool little nickname? I don't know we talked about that last week I don't know uh, weird so anyway so we're gonna get that so maybe they'll make a couple films with Armist and Wick and Wick. Keanu and uh, pretty much everybody, uh, Ian McShane and I believe Lance Reddick are actually all in that film. They make an mm. appearance. Okay. So um, I don't know if it's going to be when they invade the Russian mob's dance thing and yeah. they kill a bunch of people and she <laughs> escapes and takes revenge. Sure. I don't know what the story is going to be. I sure. Sure. But though I don't think she could take revenge because Wick kills every one of them, right? So there's <laughs> really no one to take advantage of. Revenge right. on. So what do you think? What's the future of the franchise at this point? Just going to take a take a couple of beats, see what happens, or focus just on Armis? I mean, so John Wick 5, it, there's already an entry for it. Um, it is apparently already in development. I don't know how this is going to work because it would feel weird to do this without Keanu. Um, so, he says he's, he wants to keep doing it yeah. people want to see him. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's one of these things... All right, spoiler alert, guys. Let's. I, I don't know how to talk around this. Um, All right, skip spoilers. forward. Skip forward like two, three minutes if you don't. Yeah, want go. To look, you scroll in the podcast app. You'll see the timestamps. Yeah. Just like jump to the physical media picks. Yeah. So it's either one of two things. It's it's one of these things where you, we didn't see the body, so you know we're not one hundred percent sure. And I think it's more of one of these things like he's out and he's symbolically burying john wick the per like who john wick was like he's gonna go and completely walk away from it yep walk away from the life he's gonna get a new name and he's gonna be somebody completely different i think that's what it is they're he's burying john probably open a no kill shelter for animals exactly like he's down in you know mexico given you know jet ski lessons is something like that you know he's renting jet skis on in cancun or something like that or maybe fighting uh vampires in a bar in mexico just over the very true very true but you know what was funny i was like i was thinking to myself i think that i a pretty good idea that they're gonna do something like that that this what the tombstone means but mm-hmm. it would be weirdly awesome if like you know because they said at the end where do you think he is heaven or hell and i almost like what if it's like john wick battling his way through hell or something and he's like supernatural yeah yeah he has to like go kill gabriel or some shit that would be fantastic there you go yeah that would be weird 
That'd be yeah. way to up I, the I'm stakes, not, though. I'm not sure where I I agree with you. I think that I don't know. I don't know what's going to pull him out of retirement type of a thing, but I think mm-hmm. that was fake, not fake, but they buried John Wick, and mm-hmm. he's now, you know, just going to be Billy Candle. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what he's going to do next, but what's going to be the initiating event that makes him come out of retirement or something? I don't know. I think the only thing I can think of, the only thing they didn't really address, I mean, it's pretty much obvious there, but they never explicitly say it, is Tracker. Um, and we all know who he is, but I'm my only guess is that they're going to try and it's going to be, it's going to center around him and, you know, Halle Berry, Sophia will come back. So, okay. Because Wick is free of the high table now, right? Mm-hmm. So, who, so it would be Holly Berry would be hiring him to track him down for what reason? Well, all I can figure is that she will come back to him again, say that she that he owes her, um, and you know, maybe her daughter's been kidnapped and Wick I, I thought, but isn't that supposed? I thought her. I thought she had a son. Was it a daughter? Her daughter. Oh, it's her daughter. Okay. Yeah, I just watched like all three of okay. them last week. So then I guess that throws it all out the window because I thought she that guy was obviously with the dog was supposed to be related to her in some way, and I thought her kid was a son. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, no, it's she says daughter in the movie. Okay, but all right. That's See, that's who I thought it was. It was supposed to be like her kid that somehow got into the life, and that's like when. John Wick doesn't straight up kill him is like when he's sitting there looking at the dog. And I, I mm-hmm. think like, I and mean, maybe it was just supposed to be a callback to, you know, him with his own dog kind of That's thing. I just read it as, yeah, yeah. him being a dog but lover. See, I, point, I thought so. it was because it was like, he taught, he had the same commands that her dogs did. And it was like a fighting dog kind of thing. That's why I thought they were supposed to be intertwined somehow. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I have no idea. We'll have to check that out. All right, Matt, finally, the big, big thing. Well, not the final thing, but the big thing is I I, I think I tweeted this out too. We need a, a stunts category in the Oscars. Mm. This film, again, has some of the greatest fight scenes I have seen. And just the two or three tumbles down stairwells mm-hmm. or escalators mm-hmm. that run for, f- what, you know, a good 30, 40 Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a long time. And, yeah. but just the choreography and the stunt work in this thing is unparalleled. And the fact that there's no Oscars to recognize this stuff yeah. is just preposterous. Yeah. Not even in the technical categories, huh? No, there's yeah. no stunt category. Wow. It's, it's I don't understand it. It's a travesty. I've heard the thing is like, you know, they, they would have to do multiple, like they'd have to do stunt performer and like stunt coordinator, I think would be to really do it justice. Why? They just cut down the audio, the sound editing and sound mixing into one. They don't care. Uh, I guess. Yeah. And those are two different things. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. But yeah, no, we need to get a stunt category. And then finally, 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 Matt. So you know, I'm showing this right now. I have my John Wick Parabellum 4K, yeah. which has the, if you can see it there. The coin. The coin. It's the adjudicator's coin. Uh-huh. And that's one of the big things I hate about Parabellum is that she doesn't get killed. Mm. I hated that character in that <laughs> film. But I don't buy the popcorn at AMC anymore because listen, Uncle Chris is getting old and his blood pressure can't handle that kind of salt <laughs> intake because <laughs> I don't want to go on medication if sure. I can help it. Sure. But I bought the John Wick popcorn thing. Nice. I was saving my AMC reward points so it's just twenty five bucks. Holy you shit! Get, for that, well, I got ten dollars. Well, that and wait, wait, you get four coins Ooh, now. Oh, that might be worth it. You get the co- the regular coins, then you get you know the uh, marquee coins, and there's yeah. two more. I don't know. Oh, there's one with just John Wick, John Wick's visage on it there. So yeah, I got quite a set of uh, of a uh, high table type. Nice. Swag, swag, yeah, yeah. yeah, nice. I like it. I'm all excited. So, there you go. Cost me 15 bucks <laughs> yeah. for all the coins. Yeah. I, that's how I justified it. Like, would I pay 15 dollars for those prop coins? Yes. Yeah, I probably, I probably yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Um, those are all at the AMC. Maybe they have some left. You can pick those up as soon as like 25. And if you're not 
old like me, you can mm. it comes with popcorn. Oh. So you get the whole thing of popcorn as well. And nice. that's like what? That's a seventy dollar value, right? Yeah. How yeah. much <laughs> popcorn cost? Yeah, it's probably that's a little low. It's probably hundred and fifty with with inflation. Fair enough. You would hate to All ruin right. it with your butter though. That's the only thing. That's well I yeah, I wouldn't do that either because yeah. Yeah, well, it's fair. but it's plastic. You can just clean it. You can wipe it out. Oh, okay. Well, don't worry about the butter. I mean, inside baseball, that is butter flavored co- coconut oil. Is what that is. That's not. Yeah, real oils. Butter. Well, oils bad for you. It's not like oil is healthy for you. No, I thought you bad. were saying because of the the vegan thing. That's what I thought. You were oh yeah, saying. no. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 no. Matt, give me a grade. John Wick Four. We haven't gotten there yet. We've been talking yeah. about this for almost half an hour. Uh, I'm gonna give it an A. It's an A film. Yeah, buddy. Same here. A's across the board for Mr. Wick. Now the real question I is: loved, I loved that fight at the uh, Osaka Continental so much. That was great. I was watching that man. I'm like halfway through. When then, look when the third wave of guys come to attack him in that room. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna go watch this movie again. Yeah, I'm going to the theater. I'm gonna see this movie in the theaters again. Yeah. Sorry, what are you gonna say? Uh, I forgot. I forgot. I I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I interrupted oh, you. Oh no, no, no! I remember. So. The real question will be, we both gave this A's. Mm-hmm. Is this going to make it to Chris's 6 through 10 next year at the end of the year? Well, in February of next year. That's part of <laughs> the best. I don't know. I mean, it, it's got a shot because mm-hmm. I do have like a sentimental favorite in all in my top 10s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff coming out this year. Yeah. They just, I guess they they officially nailed that uh, Scorsese's new film is going to be out this fall. Okay, it finally has a, a firmish date. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff coming, but I'm going to say I'm going to guess and say yes. Yeah. I think it'll hit my six through ten. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, you're probably it probably will. Hell, depending on how this year's goes, if it's anything like last year, it could be in the top five. Who knows? That's true. <laughs> That's very very true. So I think I had Batman in my top five. Didn't mm. I have Batman in my top five? Yeah, you I did. think I did. Yeah, you did. And I would. Do I like this better than that? Oh, I don't know. I may. Yeah, I may. Just the again, the action set pieces and the in the combat, all that stuff is just elevated again to another level. It is just fantastic stuff. Have you seen John Wick Chapter Four? Shoot an email at feedback at the dot com. Matt, let's spend a few minutes talking about what's coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday. I don't know what to do because I screwed up when I pulled my audio clips. I pulled one that's actually in my top five physical media picks. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm confused. So I'm just here. Here it's we'll just say I don't know, Matt. What do you think? It's we'll just say it's it's this one. Does this does this make? I'm not even sure where I am in my list here. Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought two too many. I gotta still cut out that extra audio. Mm-hmm. So here's a clip from my number two. But Owen is divorced? Um, not Whoa. officially. Okay. His ex, Tatiana, she's making it complicated. I don't want to say anything bad about Tatiana, but she's a detestable person. She calls herself a lifestyle curator, a thought leader. What is that? Not familiar with it. Owen financed her company. Now she wants to cut him out, and she wants full custody of their child. Huh. Owen is a good dad. Tatiana really, 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 just, really, just be, really, be really sucks. Oh. Yeah, you got it. You got it right in the thing there. Oops. I mean, Tatiana is hot. That's If you like that sort of thing. Mm. But she is so mean to Owen. People are weird. They like Please, being treated just, like shit. Oh. Lord. I really caught myself. Yeah, you did. Put some pressure on so that. sharp, I didn't even feel it. Put, wrap <laughs> it up. Anyway, that's Owen's story, and there's more stuff, but I don't want to betray his trust. Please, I totally understand. Drinking a lot. So that's a clip from uh, Confess Fletch. One of my favorite films, I think, of 2022 by Greg Matola, and uh, starring, of course, uh, John Hamm. One of the big surprises for me, because that first trailer looked abysmal. And that was one of my big surprises. I had a lot of fun with Confess Fletch, Matt. So that's the uh, number two. Because finally getting physical media. I bought it digitally because I, I had no idea when and if it was ever going to get a physical media release. Mm-hmm. And I, I got it for five bucks on uh, iTunes. So I'm like, all right, that's, you know, great. And, and maybe I'll buy it again because I would love to see a sequel. I mm-hmm. really would. Mm-hmm. It was that good, I think. What were your thoughts on Confess Fletch? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I liked it well enough. I was, I'm not from, I don't 
not familiar with the Chevy Chase ones, so I didn't have any background with it, but it was fun. Good. I'd like to hear that. Matt, my number five then? Oh, God damn it. Number five? There you go. Is uh, We just talked about it. Operation Fortune of Rose de, de, de Guar. like the rock band. Cool. Sure, sure. Or Rudiger. Rudiger, thank you. <laughs> Guy Ritchie's uh, latest film with uh, Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, and a whole bunch of fun people is being released. Matt, here's one for you. I hope you're excited about this one. Four. Are you going to buy this one? Star Trek The Next Generation in 4K mm. in a box set and individuals. You're more of a Next Generation guy, right? More so than I am. I've never watched a show, really. Yeah, but I don't like the Generation movies are not as good as the as the original series movies. Fair enough. All right, then. Uh, let's see. What's next? Get three coffins ready. Uh, huh? Huh? Uh, Warner Brothers is putting out a set of films. Now, Matt, there's four of them. It's 100th anniversary of Warner Brothers. There's 25 films each, right? I'm not going to run through all of them because we'll be here all day. The first one is award winners, a bunch of Best Picture winners. The second one deals with comedies, dramas, and musicals. The third set is fantasy, action, and adventure. And the fourth is thrillers, sci-fi, and horror. Now, I always get a little hung up on these sets because who doesn't own a lot of these already in some capacity, right? Then you end up buying... The set, it just it feels weird to me. But the horror in Thriller's one, Thriller sci-fi and horror, Matt, I'll run that through. The original King Kong, Maltese Falcon, Children of the Damned, 2001 A Space Audit. And again, unfortunately, this is all Blu-ray, not 4K. A Clockwork Orange, The Exorcist, All the President's Men, The Shining, Boyd Runner, Nightmare on Elm Street, Full Metal Jacket, Goodfellas, Natural Born Killers, the director's cut, Shawshank, Interview with the Vampire, Seven, The Matrix, Green Mile, Inception, The Conjuring, Gravity, Her, Annabelle, why Annabelle? It in Doom. That's a pretty solid. That's a pretty solid list. I guess if you're think of it for people who are maybe just kind of beginning their cinema journey, this is a good way to kind of get all this stuff all at once. I mean, for the most part, those are all pretty strong. Um, couple a couple questionable choices, but overall, I think depending on what the the cost is, I think it may be a good starting point. About 140 bucks, which isn't bad. too bad. No. And I think the action adventure set's actually not too bad. You have Superman the movie, mm-hmm. uh, Never Ending Story, Supergirl, Lethal Weapon, Batman, 1989, Twister, Harry Potter 1, Ocean's Eleven, The First Lord of the Rings, Constantine, V for Vendetta, Pan's Labyrinth, 300, The Dark Knight, Man of Steel, Mad Max, Fury Road, Fantastic Beast movie, ugh, Wonder Woman, the Joss Whedon Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, Joker, Birds of Prey, The Suicide Squad, and finally, because the balance of power shifted in the DC universe, uh, Black Adam. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little, there's a few more stinkers in that one, uh, but the, but overall, there's some really solid picks in there as well. So, how many is that? It's Twenty five films per. All right, yeah, I mean that's. It's less than seven dollars, uh, you know, a a film. That's pretty good. Yeah, I just yeah, it just bothers me. Wait a minute, wait a wait a minute. You're not Miss Jackson. <laughs> oh yes, yes you are. Yes you are. Uh, so the award winning set has has two of the three Lord of the Rings movies, not the third, the Ooh, one that actually gross. won. And then <laughs> the first Lord of the Rings movie is in both the award-winning set and the uh, fantasy action adventure set. That's weird. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Does not. Huh. All right. Anyway, so look up. I'm not going to tell you the rest of them. Do your own homework. God damn it. Uh, what's left, Matt? We're at uh, number one, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're at number one. There can be only one. There is an A24 exclusive coming out on april 7th technically of after sun mm. which is one of the uh more better like my grammar films yes. mm-hmm. of uh 2022 a touching tale of a young girl's um what memories of her summer trip with her father right as she is now an adult with a child herself and how everything kind of crystallizes as she revisits these home videos beautiful little film and you can buy this exclusive set on uh directly from a24 in about a week and a half matt your 4ks 
The Maltese Falcon is mm. getting released in 4K. Cool Hand Luke in 4K. And a Steelbook version as well. And, of course, the classic Midnight Run. Just three murders a row of films right there. All of them are fantastic. All getting released in 4K. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week. It's a box set this week from Severin, folks. It's Wings of Disaster, the Birdemic Trilogy. All, or Trilogy, if you like to hit that G. Uh, Birdemic, Birdemic 2, The Resurrection, and Birdemic 3, Sea Eagle. All films include audio commentaries, uh, behind-the-scenes, cast and crew interviews, and more. So if you're a Birdemic fan... This is a set to get. I have the first one. Mm. Have you ever seen any of the Birdemic movies? <clears throat> yeah, we watched it for the show. Um, Did we? Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, fine. yeah. I don't. Re- Did you see any of the other the other two? Oh, I didn't see the other two. Oh, good lord, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to, you want to hear our thoughts about Birdemic? It's back there on the archive somewhere. Absolutely. Just do a quick little search on the website, Matt. What should we be streaming this week? Um, so available on Netflix is um, a film by Denis Villeneuve, uh, Prisoners. Um, basically stars uh, Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackman as uh, a father you're who's... Uh, hitting out of the park tonight, aren't I? Know, right, yeah, we're, we're really professional. <laughs> this is what happens when you're over 40 and it's like 10 o'clock and you're talking about a, about a, about a podcast and you had to work all day. Um where was I? Hugh Jackman is a father. His six-year-old daughter goes missing. Um, Detective Loki, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, um, I arrests a, a prime suspect but is forced to let him go, um, played by Paul Dano. And Hugh Jackman is like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that guy did it. So he takes matters into his own hands. Good little bit of a pop boiler available on Netflix for you. A lot of fun. I'm trying to think if that was the first Villanueva film I ever saw. It may have been. Yep, it was. And then two years later, he put out Sicario. Mm. So, yeah, man, that is a... Oof, Prisoners is a rough sit, folks. So uh, prepare yourself for that one. But it's if, if it's... How do you put it? It's like one of those kind of dark thrillers, kind of like yeah. a seven or whatever the case may be, you know, yeah. where it's raining all the time and it's gray <laughs> and everybody's miserable and... <laughs> But the mystery's good and the uh, all that stuff. So yeah, that's a good pick, Matt. Thank you for that. All right. Let's keep going. I love me some film noir. So much so that I occasionally drive into oncoming traffic by certain picking certain films. <laughs> and I'll have to see Neil Jordan mm-hmm. directed some great films. Right. Uh, Liam Neeson. Come mm-hmm. on. Liam's always game. He's always uh, good. I'm going to and, touch on uh, both of those points in this video. <laughs> He's Marlowe in this film. And uh, let's let's talk a little bit about it. It's uh, very difficult to balance your many obligations to the various interests of all the people. Powerful people. Discretion is a thing that we provide. And you take protection in return. Very, very serious protection, Mr. Marlowe. You'll know the full extent of it. I appreciate your difficulties, Mr. Hanson. It's difficult to run a whorehouse and not have anyone know it is one. Especially when you're also in the narcotics business. There's an awful lot you don't understand. About narcotics? About management. The Corbata Club investors leave me alone to, to manage the place. I don't problem them when difficulties arise. Unless the difficulties are, how should we say, hard for me to deal with alone. That sounds ominous to me. And by the way, nobody was peeing in that scene. They were pouring out a drink. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, it's, it's film noir that takes place in like 30s, 40s Hollywood. Of course, everybody's drinking constantly. That's right. And smoking, yes. <laughs> Matt, Marlowe is an adaptation of a continuation novel by John Banville. Not even uh, one of the uh, original books, which I was a little disappointed about when I, when I, re- when I was doing my research on this. Mm-hmm. So he is hired by this glamorous kind of heiress. She's having an affair on her husband with this guy, and he disappears. And she hires Marlowe to track him down and find out what happened to him. But it turns out he was dead. He was hit by a car. End of movie. No, of course, Matt. There is something more mysterious going on. And it's called The Black-Eyed Blonde. Did I say that? I don't know if I said that. So that's what it's based on. And 
one of the weird things that bothered me about this film is for all of its aesthetics, and I think Neil Jordan does a great job building this world and putting us in this 1939 Los Angeles kind of vibe. All at the same time, he whiffs it entirely. Because mm-hmm. everything looks like new, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if we need some kind of filter. If we need, I don't know what it is. But everything is there with the suits, the cars. Liam Neeson's got the big and short tie. I mean, all the stuff <laughs> is there. But it looks like everything is brand new. Like, this, this world doesn't feel lived in at all. Right. So at no point was I really able to get into the story. You tackle, you add that on with a script that I think is engaging enough, particularly with its use of that classic noir slang. But the story and the plot... There's not enough tempeh to it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I don't want to say meat or beef to it, so I'm saying tempeh, which is a soy product. Yeah, gotcha. You like that? Yeah, I do. Thank you. It could you have hit. said, I, I prefer seitan. Could you have said that instead? I'm sure. <laughs> it, it doesn't have enough seitan. So <laughs> it doesn't hit, Matt, with the ferocity that the shotgun Marlo employs in the club does. Right. The plot just kind of, for me, meanders along for a bit. And I almost wonder, too, if Neeson's miscast in this. What are your thoughts on Marlowe? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think Neeson had that kind of late career renaissance with uh, Taken, and you know, then he did The Gray, and mm. it's kind of been going downhill. Like we watch a Liam Neeson movie, like this is gonna be the one that's gonna be that's gonna bring him back to the you know the heights of Taken, yeah. and it's like no, never is. Um, yeah. So I, I look, guys. I like film noir, but film noir lives and dies on the dialogue. And it's all about looks and what's said in between the words of what are actually said. What are the meanings of those kinds of things? All of that is really on the script and the actors. And while Chris, I agree with Chris, the script isn't bad. It's not great. And Mm -hmm. the performances are, not enough to elevate it. In fact, I think they bring it down a peg than it really is. Um, they're all kind of middling. Um, none of them are particularly kind of nuanced and subtle that give you that kind of vibe that you're looking for. I think Jessica, I would push back. I think Jessica Lang, I okay. think is as close as we get. And a little bit, maybe Danny Houston, who plays sure. the club owner. I think he gets close to the line there too. Okay, but they're kind of church. They're, they're satellite characters. I mean, and they they... They're like important third stringers kind of thing, but they're yeah. not in enough of the movie to kind of elevate it or save it. Um, yeah, I think I didn't have as much problem with the way the thing looked, but it definitely is just missing a vibe. There is not that kind of, I don't know how to describe it, that sense of cool that is part of noir where it's just kind of dripping with style it's just not there and i think that really just sinks the whole yeah it's too straightforward yeah yeah it's filmmaking is too straightforward and there's no there's not all you need to kind of really heavily employ like shadow and night and Mm -hmm. and a lot of that stuff you know and and then spotlights or focused like streams of light you know it's just none of that is really here at all and and i was watching this too and it's very very slow mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's clear to me i think they tried to save this film in the editing room because right. i kind of notice a few tricks and cuts every here and there to kind of build up some momentum in the film because i think they realize while they watch it like man we got a whole bunch of nothing happening and the dialogue <laughs> isn't landing like we wanted to right right so let's kind of do a jump cut here let's cut something here right it's just but the, it's the film is just spinning its wheels almost the entire time so it it's disappointing uh for me, you know, it's I think I would love to see a modern noir. I think it would be a lot of fun and yeah. maybe shoot in black and white. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But uh this is just a, a swing and a miss for me, Matt. I'm I'm be, I think I'm being generous. Uh, I'm giving it a C minus. Yeah, I I gave it a C minus too. I think there's a there's an a twinge of competency there. And like you said, you know, Houston and Lang are game and they have their moments so i think they just kind of elevated above a d film so i think it's a c minus as well and i would throw a little bit of that on uh alan cumming as well mm. he's only in it very not very long but the, i think the scene in the car when he's being chauffeured around is with neeson is great 
though I didn't buy the the plot line with Cedric, who is mm-hmm. his you know his driver later sure. on. That just didn't really work for me at all yeah. either. Yeah. So yeah, if you had a chance to see Marla, which is currently still in theaters, or I believe you can rent it now as well, uh, shoot us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. All right, Matt. The uh, segment I was looking forward to that you just don't seem to care about. Uh, we're going to spend a few minutes to wrap up the show and share our uh, five favorite John Wick things. It's not what you did, son, that angers me so. It's who you did it to. Who? The fucking nobody? That fucking nobody is John Wick. was an associate of ours. We called him Baba Yaga. The boogeyman? Well, John wasn't exactly the boogeyman. He was the one you sent to kill the fucking boogeyman. I mean, that build-up, you know, and he's walking down the stairs into his cellar to break open the floor to get his stuff again. I yeah. mean, he seemed kind of larger than life, basically. And I guess he still is, but when you do four films with a guy, you know, it, it's that the air of mystery is kind of gone at this point. Now you just expect him. All right, how is John Wick going to F this guy up? But what I do like about the John Wick franchise is that he's obviously a guy who's like late in his career. He's taking a ton of freaking punishment and he's just getting slower and slower, but he's still the ultimate badass, even though he's all broken down, which makes you wonder yeah. what was he like in his prime when he was like 25? Dear God, who knows? <laughs> so I'll start everything off, Matt. I'll give you the ultimate number one. My number five favorite thing in the John Wick franchise so far is the fight at the Osaka Continental. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Regency bias, bias mm-hmm. but I just had so much fun with that thing. And with Rina Semiyama, I know I'm butchering that, but the whole thing and then Yen shows up the, it's just one great set piece after another when he's fighting the guys. And I got to tell you, well, actually, I don't want to. That comes up a little later. Hold on. I don't want to get ahead of myself there. <laughs> but still, just the intensity, the, the the leaning into the martial arts even more, but melding it with this kind of uh, Old West kind of thing and about honor. And well, not that that's not a hallmark of Japanese culture, but still, uh just again, the choreography, the fight design, the intensity, the violence, everything. The uh, fight at the Osaka Conf- Continental is one of my favorite fights that, that in the entire franchise. That's my five. Yeah, so my number five is... Um... Yeah, sumo guys for christ's sake he, he does he, he does. Um, my number five then is uh, the car. And every one of the John Wick franchises... Mm-hmm. He's got a car, and he somehow shows the Fast and Furious franchise really what it means to be deadly in a car, to be a master in the car. And he, I just love that at some point in it, he's going to be driving around a muscle car that has has the, the windshield shot out, the uh, doors torn off, and he is going to you know, whip the tail around and drift into some guy and uh, fling him against the wall. That is that is a great one. When he, yeah, he does the uh, the car slaps the guy, yeah. and then uh, yeah, that is uh, absolutely intense. Dear God. So I am I wrong about this? I have it. I guess I'm wrong. I think I had it in my number as from part two, but it might be part three. Am I misremembering this now? Mm. But it's the knife fight mm. when he's on the lamb. He's running away and. Uh, he gets cornered in this old warehouse that has there's a one scene where he breaks the glass and he puts he like puts together a, a gun because it that doesn't it the what is it the chamber the barrel won't fit the bullets that yeah. are there so yeah, he has yeah. to swap it out and reassemble the gun yeah, yeah, yeah but it's not that it's the knife fight with all the knives and the glass cases oh, and they yeah. just start breaking glass grabbing knives and throwing them at each other and he gets an axe and whips it at the guys i mean just that knife fight with him against those, what, four or five guys yeah. is fantastic. You can, like most of the fight scenes, but you can feel 
like the impact of those mm-hmm. things when they're just we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit uh why that stuff works so well but of all the fights too next to osaka that knife fight is intense man and i absolutely love it yeah uh that is a really good one i really <laughs> i do remember that uh, that was that was good um so weirdly mine my number four is not a fight it's i think it's in two um where he he goes shopping is that the one where he has goes to uh the somalia he goes to italy he goes to the somalia, yep, the somalia yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole little sequence where they kind of show the the underground insanity of this uh assassin world that he lives in um even outside the continental stuff i think just you know all the different pieces he gets the suit and he goes he goes to the tailor and he goes to the the gun sommelier i think that is it is uh does a lot for the world building and i really enjoyed it just how ridiculous it is yeah absolutely yeah and and that knife fight is in parabellum i don't know why i had it as part two into my notes that is wrong mm. um one of my my third favorite thing and it's such a weird small thing is there's a specific one that i love but generally throughout the entire franchise is the fact that he reloads his guns mm-hmm. now there's the one near the end when he's going to kill the guy he's walking through the museum and i don't even know i don't i'm not technically proficient so you're gonna have to forgive me but he like he palms over the top of the gun to kind of what reload or click yeah. i can't i don't know what the hell he's doing yeah but it is just such a cool little move that i'd never seen before yeah i just love the fact though then he's working his way. He's cutting a swath through all these bad guys. And he reloads the whole time. And then when he's out of bullets, he kills the guy and takes the clips out of his belt and takes his gun and keeps moving forward. Right. But the fact that there's this not like a Contra video game thing where he has in, you know infinite ammo, right. whatever the case may be, is right. I think one of the most interesting things about the franchise. Yeah. So like a good, a good example of that is after in 2... After he he kills the the uh, Italian lady and he's trying to escape the club, he's going through those those kind of those hallways um, mm-hmm. and he's like yeah the tunnels yeah he's like literally like loading a shotgun shell ca- racking it shooting a guy and then going immediately just a loading to another one because he doesn't have any in the chamber it's fantastic it's so good. oh yeah he push he's got the guy against the wall yeah. loading it and then shoot it yeah yeah that's yeah. so good um, all right so my number three is a, a combination of uh, fight scene slash again more of the world of john wick um it's in john wick 3 basically he's been excommunicated he's got an hour to try and get himself into a good place and you know it shows everybody getting the texts and then it shows like how you know the violin busker is is you know a as an assassin you know a giant sumo wrestler guy is an assassin yeah. and it sh- it cuts to all those fights of all those guys coming after him and they're just these perfect little snippets where they're cool fights they don't last really long but they're all kind of different i think is a, a good way to show the just the the kind of broad uh society of assassins that we have going on here yeah well the whole world's populated with them everywhere you turn <laughs> you're a barista at starbucks Mm-hmm. so at least right. two of my them. yeah my number two then is going to be the sound design mm. in the entire series so i pulled this clip matt and it's just it, it's just an example of what i'm talking about when i pulled this it, it it's a brick sound wise so prepare so i have reduced the volume Wait, and the shotgun blast and then you hear the the blood splatter as the guy blows he blows the guy's head off right yeah. And, and, but it's not just that. It's the gunfire. It's all of it. The sound design in these films is so immaculate and so perfect. It's one of my favorite things about it. One of the the largest joys I had watching this yesterday in that Dolby Atmos sound, man, is just the, the ricochets, the metal, the swords, everything. The sound design is so carefully done in this film. Um, that I think it's Oscar nom Oscar nom worthy, absolutely. Mm. But I love that, and it also it's made me a shotgun guy. I was yeah. growing up, I was an Uzi guy because of these yeah. snake eyes from like yeah, GI Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, when I want to see some stuff <laughs> torn up, I want to see John Wick with a shotgun, especially if go. it's got that fire's breath ammo. Yeah. Beer God, yeah. yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that leads it's a good segue into my number two. That whole isometric top-down view, it, it just mm-hmm. goes on and on and on of him just kind of going through those rooms as he's shooting guys um, with that 
fantastic Dragon's Breath ammo. Um, the whole thing is just chef's kiss. It is like like a late 90s isometric shooter come to life. It is it is fantastic. Yeah, no, that is a lot of fun. I Yeah, damn, so good. Okay, and then what do I have left here, Matt? What's my number one? Oh, oh, quite literally. <clears throat> really speaking. I heard you struck my son. Yes, sir, I did. Then may I ask why? Yeah, well, because you stole John Wick's car, sir, and uh, killed his dog. Oh. Best line delivery in the entire franchise. <laughs> <laughs> everything that Noquist is able to deliver in that single O, yeah. it just sets the tone for the rest of the film, if not the rest of the franchise. And right. I adore it. And every time I see it or hear it, I just, ah, it makes me think of how much I love this whole franchise. So mm. that's my one is Noquist just saying, oh. Oh. Uh, so my number one is the second most important character in this franchise and that is the Continental Hotels. I don't think you're going to be able to find them on Priceline, um, but I am kind of curious. I want to spend time in every single hot Continental that there is out there, and I'm really excited <laughs> that there is an, uh, I think, a, an HBO Max show called The Continental that will be coming out sometime in the near future. That'll be fun. I'm assuming it's going to kind of be like an anthology, like a story of the I week, so. I assume. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, interesting. All right. Any any honorable mentions for you, Matt? Uh, yeah, Peter Stormare is always a lovely sight, playing his cameo in, in the beginning of number two. And interestingly enough, um, I think in John Wick, this last one, John Wick 4, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, any of that is blanks. I think all of those are post-edited uh uh, muzzle flashes that are all computer generated and really I, I believe the director especially after what happened on the set of rust uh he's he's came out and said that there's no reason for you to have a functional gun on set anymore um honestly wow I, I had no idea the idea is that when it's close you can see if it's not a real gun and obviously you know it doesn't recoil the slide doesn't go back and stuff like that but he says you can work around that, and he says, you know, if it's far enough away, nobody's going to be able to tell, and there's no reason to have, you know, a real gun that could have an accident on on set anymore. Wow, that's interesting. I had no idea that was all. That's great. Yeah, it looks. If you look at it, um, it, it doesn't look, it doesn't look quite real. If you know that you're looking for it, if watch when you watch it again, pay attention and see what you think. I may go again. Yeah, Mrs. First Run is going away for a few days, mm-hmm. so I may. I'm going to see Dungeons and Dragons. Spoiler, mm-hmm. nice. uh, what we're doing next week. But uh, still, yeah, I, I, I may go see this again. So I'll see if I can pick that out. That, I did not notice that. That is cool as heck. Yeah. All right. Good. Anything else? Nope. That's what I got. All right. On um, some Arnold mentions for me, I love John Wick's affection for dogs, as I am the same. The uh, motorcycle fight from part three, when they're going, I, it, I think if anything, it's probably the most preposterous thing in the franchise for yeah. me, which I know is a crazy thing to say, <laughs> but when they're barreling down that highway with the motorcycles and the swords, I, I don't know. My balance is horrible. Mm-hmm. I can't begin to imagine that I'd be able to pull something like that off. And I, th- that takes me right out of it. Um, what else? The, 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 at the end of part three, the shootout at the Continental is good. But the fight scene at the end mm. is one of the best things in that entire film as mm. well, next to that knife scene. And then we talk about the shotgun reload while well, he's got the guy pinned down is great. Um, the palm over reload we talked about. Oh, and then I guess really for me, in part one, when he's at the red circle trying to kill the kid, right? And he has that one guy that he stabs, I think through the face or through the neck. I don't mm-hmm. know. Recovers his mouth and goes up through the head, yeah. and he looks at him. He looks in his eyes yeah. and just follows and w- watches him die as the <laughs> life leads his leaves his eyes. Yeah, total badass. So. <laughs> All right, folks, what's your favorite John Wick thing? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun dot com. We would love to hear your thoughts. Matt, what's coming up next week? Well, as you said, uh, we are checking out Dungeons and Dragons, a film that I thought was going to be terrible, but 
apparently the buzz is uh that's pretty good and i'm actually cautiously optimistic and i must say i think even though i did the intro this week i may have to do it next week too just because i need to bring in some real nerd inside baseball on dungeons and dragons that's a good point. You are a D&D guy. Yeah. And I know we're supposed to do, I think it's, if you if we find something better, if you don't want to do Emily the Criminal, mm-hmm. um, we can do something. Oh, well, here it's pretty good. Yeah. But I will, and may I end up having to take back my criticism for that first Dungeons & Dragons trailer, because it used that Led Zeppelin song. Not a cover, but actual song. And I've yeah. always felt like if you use like an established classic rock and roll song, yeah. that's usually a bad sign yeah. that your movie is not going to be terribly good. Mm-hmm. But Oh, I may be. I may have to eat those words, my friends. So well, I'll have to see. You know what, though? Thor Ragnarok gave us immigrant song, and look how that turned out. That's a fair point. Yeah. That is a great point. That totally destroys what I just said. <laughs> Thank you very much. Was it in the trailer, though? I think so. Yeah, it was in the first trailer. Right. Yeah, the the teaser. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. I really love being wrong. Meantime, just go to thefirstrun.com. You can see archives of the old show. Look at the report card and a whole bunch more. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you'll find us. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, that's it, Matt. So we're going to go ahead, take an extended break. We love you very much, and we'll see you soon. Take care. 